Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this podcast, Yovana the Ageless, where our mission is to unleash everything about living ageless in collaboration with the experts in ancient healing practices from all across the world. Yovana the Ageless is an experiential ancient lifestyle online platform with focus on ageless living. This space has emerged from our innate desire to impart knowledge and experience on living ageless at body, mind, and consciousness level. Yovna ecosystem is all about knowledge sharing and living a traditional lifestyle driven from a medley of worldly timeless wisdom of yoga, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, microbiotics, qigong, and raw alkaline and living food philosophy. At Yovna, we share this timeless wisdom in collaboration with experts through this podcast and courses on our Yovna platform conducted by global experts in ancient modalities. On this platform, we discuss everything from foods to rituals, to lifestyle, to yogic and ancient movement practices like Qigong, Ayurveda, and much more. Here you learn to live a way of life to regain Yavna, the youth, living by the wreath, the universal order of healing and agelessness. We invite you to realize the divinity of your innate potential to remain ageless with us on this platform, Yavna. Hello, Dr. Vignesh. I can see you there. Uh, I am looking for your join request. Okay. Okay, I will just accept your request. Just give me a minute. Hello, Dr. Vignesh. Hi, how are you? Very good. Hi, Deepti. Nice to see I, you here. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's really an honor, you know, to have you here and have some really good inputs about Ayurveda from you. Uh, mm -hmm. And what actually clicked me, I, I don't know, I just heard you on one of the podcasts mm -hmm. and your way of explaining Ayurveda was really something that clicked to me. I mean, it was such a simple language for anybody to understand practically what Ayurveda is and how you can go ahead and implement it in your daily life. So this mm -hmm. was my first introduction about you. And then mm -hmm. I just, you know, read a little more about you and um, specifically also, you know, some, some podcasts and some uh, content around women's health. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing that I really wanted to cover in one of my sessions, uh, specifically the, uh, you know, uh, uh, the time when a woman gets into perimenopause and menopause, because menopause still has, uh, you know, uh, some awareness, but perimenopause, I guess we are still far behind in terms of understanding the changes that a woman goes through uh, during the perimenopause uh, time. And that's mm. the reason I chose this topic. And I'll just give mm. you a little brief up about, uh, you know, um, why this topic and how, how could I correlate it with Vata. Mm. So uh, as I got into my late 30s, okay, mm. and um, before Sorry. that, I did not ever, no, that's okay. So I did not ever had to worry about, you know, my skin or my hair or my weight or because I had been very particular about diet and been, you know, into this for last 10 years, practicing a lot of stuff. But I could realize like, you know, even after 10 years of practice into different modalities, like, you know, yoga and Ayurveda, in my later, uh, you know, late 30s, I realized that there is a missing gap somewhere because uh, as per my understanding, I'm doing everything right. But still, um, somehow I'm not able to uh, maintain so my skin health or my hair health or internally, like internally, I would not say there was a lot of change. But yes, uh, PMS, which was never there in my life ever, 
started to just happen for no reason um, you know out of the blue uh, then you know some kind of leg pain some kind of weird mood swings uh which was not very severe but i could see some changes which was never there and i think i was getting better on my uh taking care of myself still this was happening and the, i guess that's hmm. where for the first time i realized that um, you know there is a missing gap in the way uh, i have been practicing uh, you know things from a modern perspective like you know understanding macronutrients micro micronutrients and even doing uh, yogic practices but there is some energetic shift which you know my energy just dips down somewhere during the second phase of my cycle and then when i was studying ayurveda i just came across this concept of uh, vata energy and when i uh, read about it i guess everything that i could read there about and specifically considering my age also was very well apt for my mm-hmm. age and the experiences that i had been having so that's mm-hmm. what i could realize that on, there is something bigger to this than i have all you know always understood and what i know so that's the reason i really wanted to have this topic because i guess there is uh, no bigger science than ayurveda which can actually see the whole picture about you and not just mm-hmm. from the phase where you are in but uh, from the phase like when you you are in your puberty then your adulthood then your uh, maybe you know pregnancy years and then it's it's a journey like what you experience in those years is a journey what you've lived through the years so that's the reason i could you know i really wanted to have this topic in which would be very helpful for a lot of women to understand like when it is about perimenopause or a menopause or any kind of health concerns that we go through is lot to do with uh, the energies it's lot to do with emotions it's lot to do with uh, you know um, hormones and all mm-hmm. these uh, all these aspects are very closely related to the vata energies what i could understand as a part of when when i got into it so that's the reason i chose this topic and before we move further uh, just give me another 2 minutes i'll just introduce you and then uh, you know we'll sure, take sure. the conversation sure, sure. yeah okay so dr vignesh devraj is a passionate fourth generation ayurveda doctor a holistic health coach and the founder of sitaram beach retreat kerala he specializes uh, he specializes in and is a researcher on on panchakarma an ancient body purification method which activates body's innate healing energies sitaram ayurveda has a 100 year old legacy in ayurvedic practice and healing Dr Vignesh is an international speaker on natural healing ayurveda meditation and transformation he also has a weekly podcast on ayurvedic wisdom and insights by the name ayurvedic healing and podcast and i would highly recommend everybody to please go and check out his podcasts they are just amazing so uh, over to you dr devraj first help us understand you know how did you got into ayurveda and then we'll move on with the topic uh, thank you deepthi for inviting this and uh... so uh, okay my journey with ayurveda yes uh, born being born to an ayurvedic family it didn't actually really interest me in the beginning because of the medicines that were given were not so tasty and then later you know you go through your own illness and then ayurveda helped me to come out of it and that's when you really believe it because there is no better uh, testimony than you yourself going through the real benefits of that right so that's how i got into uh, like become super passionate and start living and breathing ayurveda there so before mm-hmm. i was not i was completely out of ayurveda and even though i did my studies bams but it had nothing to do with how the way i was living and what i was studying so i was a very mm-hmm. uh, having a conflicting personality with that so uh, and regarding menopause uh, which you are talking many people ask me i am talking about menopause i am a doctor in my 30s and how can i talk and that to a man how am i talking mm-hmm. about menopause and i'm not a gynecologist and ayurvedic doctor the reason is uh, i learned it through my patients because 
after i started sitaram beach retreat uh, one way or the other ma- majority of the patients who came were in the perimenopause and the menopause right even though we do get a lot of patients with autoimmune diseases stress burnout allergies and uh, issues with vata related imbalances Uh, but mm-hmm. to a great extent about 40 pa- 40% of the patients who come have uh, were wom- among the women patients 40% would be about perimenopause and menopause so they yes, were my actual such a widespread uh, exactly. you know um, uh, thing yeah and they were yeah, my sorry, actual sorry. teachers my patients were actually my teachers not a book so mm-hmm. i learned it through seeing them what they were going through and doing the consultations So uh, first of all we need to understand change is the changeless law of nature we all have to change mm-hmm. and another thing women especially in today's society we live in a highly cosmetic appealing society or you know some people even right. say we live in a highly uh, sexualized society everybody has to look attractive as attractive as possible exactly. for yes. women there is a lot of pressure that is already uh, put on them that you have to look like this you have to look like this so and i guess uh, it's it's coming from the society also like looking at each other and that peer mm-hmm. comparison comes into the play so for sure yes uh, that yeah. really uh, plays an important role yeah so uh, we have to understand our hormones change after a certain age the growth hormone need not be released the same way it used to be released in your uh, teenage and till your mm-hmm. age 30 then it will change and your metabolism can change your life will also shift your priorities in your teenage will not be the your priorities in your 20s and your priorities in 30s will be different your 40s will be different exactly. as we age our priorities will keep changing like uh, in school we wanted a cycle and then in college we wanted a motorbike and then we wanted a car and then we wanted expensive stuff and then now i, I just want to be calm and peaceful in a Uh, rural village where there is a lot of nature so it keeps shifting from person to person yes i guess that happens i mean sometimes yeah, exactly. even if you're not consciously doing it but it does happen so the, the first thing first uh, understanding that women need to uh, make peace with this aging is inevitable but aging is not something that needs to be worried about uh, many are worried oh my god i'm getting old i'm getting old i'm getting old this is a very constant so how old are you even that question itself is like asking some really intimate private question we are worried uh, you should not right. ask that it's as good as asking someone's uh, personal salary what is your salary take home exactly uh, and we we have so much of uh, uh, you know it, this is not something like a comfortable thing it's not a mm. nice thing to or respectable to ask another person's age Yeah. especially if you are a woman sometimes so i'm asking you because you are a man so wh- why would that be mm-hmm. if i'm a woman why can't that you ask so, there, still yeah, there. that taboo is there that taboo is there you should not ask that that's because there is a fear that if you age you may not look that attractive you may not look that beautiful so one hand that fear itself is going to aggravate a lot of vata related imp- imbalances fear itself is vata because that right. overwhelms the nervous system that is one second uh as we age there is going to be a lot of shifts in our body because mm-hmm. why does woman have menopause so this, this was a debate in many scientific forums why is woman having a menopause so they were trying to figure out and uh, they realized nature wanted a full stop when she can produce babies because uh, as she gets older and older the possibility of a manufacturing defect is very high 
so mm-hmm. it's time that you know uh, it need not be that she need not be the the physical best in her 70s or 80s like she is in her 20s or 30s or 40s uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you know now we have the word 40 is a new 30 30 is a new 20 yeah. like that we have new ways because uh, of the fitness yeah. industry that is coming up cropping up everywhere we all are super interactive mm-hmm. with the fitness and that is happening so after the age 30 and 40 the hormones will have a change and like in ayurveda we say during your childhood it is kapha then it is pitta and then it is vata so as we age our tendency to get imbalance with vata is higher this is the rule it doesn't mean that you will go through vata imbalance tendency is higher it's just tendency okay like if it is raining the road is road could be slippery doesn't mean you will slip and fall down the roads are slippery that's it like genetics it's like probability yeah, exactly exactly mean. so uh, as far as i see uh, uh, in the last 3 4 decades women have also taken up many of the positions which men were doing hmm. like they are also going to work and uh, in fact much better than men uh the way they are dealing with many of the problems or solutions that men were doing women are doing it much better because they are having much more holistic approach of dealing with it and sometimes uh, women are competing to be men that's another issue that's also being seen and today you see uh, many of the metabolic disorders where women's testosterone levels are going up and that is creating problems yeah so that's Male another topic showing up yeah, in females yeah exactly that is another topic to be discussed yeah. so uh, after certain age possibility of uh, menopause is something they have to deal with sometimes it could be in the late 40 sometimes it could be early 50 sometimes it could be even early 40s you have seen women even in her late 30s getting uh, a, yeah a, a it's quite a phenomenon yeah, it's now it's common. happening a lot yeah. yes because the metabolic uh, the hormonal changes are creating a lot of problems these days that is why this is happening and why these hormonal problems are happening because we, our body is not designed for the current lifestyle that we are living today we, we don't yeah. uh, work so much with our nervous system like before before we never had so much of cognitive load so vata mm-hmm. problems are going up over the roof and on top of that hot flashes heat waves it could slowly start creeping up and how to understand there is perimenopause the monthly cycle that is happening every month suddenly it becomes once in two months three months or maybe even five months and then uh, i don't understand maybe i'm yet to reach menopause but i could see that it is coming so that's the understanding of peri means like you have the word perimeter right it is like in the circumference mm-hmm. you are entering that stage that's why the word perimenopause yeah. happens so pause means uh, the menstrual cycle that is happening every month that is coming to a pause so that's another way of saying perimenopause it could be in the early 40s or mid 40s when the perimenopause can happen during that time once they understand perimenopause is approaching and if they see that there is too much of dryness in the skin too much of heat being generated too much of acne happening in such a situation what they have to understand is that see vata has two qualities one is dry and one is cold Yeah. dry and cold everywhere you see dryness and cold it is tendency of high vata so uh, during the perimenopause they have to be very clear that if the skin is dry uh, means they need more oleation okay oil massage will be helpful but you know every ayurvedic doctor every ayurveda influencer every ayurvedic practitioner talks about oil massage but more than that there is something called as internally your oleation should be good 
like uh, in ayurveda we have this approach uh, if if you are troubled with dryness you have to treat it with oil if you are troubled with cold uh, you have to treat it uh, with doctor heat. i'm sorry i'm cutting you here but i think there's imp- there's an important question i have here like yes. uh, you just mentioned about oleation at the uh, internal level for yes. a lot of women who already are high you know high on weight or who are struggling with any kind of health conditions where it's not possible for them to go high on any kind of internal oiling kind of a therapy so what are they in are they in a fixed situation like you know for them it's not required but still the perimenopause symptoms will keep coming to them and so how how do such people tackle it because that's also on a rise a lot of women yes. have weight issues at that age Uh, thanks for bringing this up deepthi so when i say oleation it doesn't mean oily food uh, so usually okay. weight problems happen because of oily food fried food processed food different things but the oleation mm-hmm. that we are talking about see there are when you take cholesterol there is a good cholesterol and bad cholesterol mm-hmm. uh, and right. to some extent good cholesterol you can uh, handle if it is too much bad cholesterol you cannot mm-hmm. handle too much so uh, when you are having bad oleation that is a problem but good oleation is what we are talking here okay so uh, so on one hand they could have weight issues and dry skin so uh, what is happening with the oleation yeah that could be co- coexist yeah. yes exactly so it is not coexisting actually it is because the oil that they are using it is see fried oil is not the same as fresh ghee it need not be the yeah. same the moment you fry the food and take uh, consume it that oil is not the same as you are taking a fresh uh, olive oil or a ghee or like sesame oil or coconut oil there is a difference with that mm-hmm. so understanding is we have to take the good uh, fat that is very important cold pressed so processed yeah a processed oil. fat is very bad but good oil is very important okay. so in such situations we tell them to understand what intensity of their dryness is there in the body and then okay. uh, overweight is not because of they can't eat any uh, you know this good oil it is because their metabolism is weak yes if they mm-hmm. eat some processed oily food then it will create a problem but if they eat some ayurvedic medications like ghee and uh, something based with oil it is not that it is going to create excess weight uh, mm-hmm. for example we have some rasayanams like narasimha rasayanam which has lots of sugar in such conditions we cannot give it because they are having weight issues so okay. understanding that situation uh, understanding their metabolic uh, issues like in ayurveda we call it pitta or agni understanding of that mm-hmm. according to that we will prescribe this that is how it is being okay. given so in i guess menopause, that that's important to know because a lot of women actually just go off oil at that time considering you know weight concerns and uh, so uh, you know it's very important for women to know that oil is not bad the quality of oil is what makes a difference right definitely yes exactly see i'll tell you what is a good oil and bad oil when you service your mm-hmm. car the oil that they put inside when the time of servicing is a good oil and the oil that they take out during the service is a bad oil okay so uh, usually most of the restaurants and the fast foods that you go and if you eat that oil that they use is not the best Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have no uh, understanding uh, or to check if the oil that they are using is good or bad exactly right so i mean there, there are other commercial uh, you know uh, concerns concern yeah. cost cutting uh, aspects are yeah. there so uh, oil plays a very important role and our body is actually kapha which is an oily based system so that is there mm. okay so uh, understanding that so if their oleation levels should go up whatever is creating dryness so dryness can be created by excess sugar excess uh, coffee excess 
spicy food if they are smoking or mm-hmm. alcohol taking that can also increase excess dryness in the body because if you ask mm-hmm. people if you take a lot of desserts or alcohol at night the next morning you are going to feel very dehydrated you feel very thirsty right so in such situations right. whatever increases dryness in the body that has to come down it's as simple as that we are just dealing with two mm-hmm. things excess dryness but when it comes to menopause some women will have extra heat in the body pitta will go up mm. so when the, yeah, yeah. when conditions. the heat is going up we cannot see what is the best antidote for fire we put water water see uh, if you go to a forest which has a tendency of forest fire you will see that they spray a little bit of water everywhere so that it doesn't catch fire mm. right so the moment it gets dry the heat has a tendency to go over the roof and it will create a lot of inner trouble so oleation hydration so does does the the uh, from the energetic perspective again is, could that be one of the reason for emotional issues also happening in women during that time it is like vice versa it is like you know um, it's like chicken and egg if uh, when the dryness mm-hmm. increases they can the get emotional and they get emotional the dryness can also go up and then okay. a tendency to get anger tendency of frustration this can also lead to that problem so they okay. have they also have to deal so they have to kind of round and round kind of a story you have to give it a break somewhere break the cycle definitely exactly so mm-hmm. one of them bringing routine uh, taking um, you know proper health uh, proper self care these are very important and night don't take anything that is spicy avoid coffee more mm-hmm. than once per day if you take sometimes they would say i take like 3 4 cups of coffee a day that is very dangerous mm-hmm. specifically working women exactly so they feel tired mm-hmm. so let me go get a coffee you know some people go for smoke mm-hmm. some people go for coffee so this tendency of if you are taking more than 2 cups of coffee then you need to address uh, your over Uh, well adrenals that is something that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. so like this uh, we have to understand the the three qualities one is dryness one is the coldness in the body and also the heat levels in the body heat. so okay. so the underlying factor is to what extent is their body dry because if the dryness is high it is going to mm-hmm. hit them really hard but if the dryness is low which means their oiliness is very good then mm-hmm. it's a cake walk the body can handle it So, Doctor Vignesh, tell me one thing. Like uh, uh, these are the root level foundational concepts of how Ayurveda looks at a human body. We can say this is the uh, energetic anatomy of a person as to how Ayurveda will look at you, right? Now, if uh, I might be wrong there, but I'm just asking that question to you. As far as I understand, there is no direct concept of hormones in Ayurveda. Like, is is that true yeah. or not? If if that is true, yeah? that is true. There is no. Yeah, that's true. Direct. yeah so uh, and still uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, the history of hormones i guess is not more than 100 years old or something like that right so yes. uh, how we understand hormones today and the way we try to deal with it is a very uh, one sided approach or a more scientific approach still we are not able to get to the root of the problem after knowing everything after knowing the, you know what hormone does what where where does it get uh, secreted what is its role and if we go back and look at ayurveda ayurveda never had this concept of hormones still the uh, way of life that ayurveda always recommended or the lifestyle that ayurveda had or the cooking styles ayurveda always recommended 
were so much already in sync with nature that once you start living that lifestyle you don't even need to bother about what hormones where what is it doing where does it lie because it automatically gets regulated on its own so hmm. you know that vast difference where something that's so important for you which was not known in ayurveda ever still that science still knows how to regulate it right and mm. as compared to science which knows everything about it and still we are figuring out what is that right formula to get hormones right in the body so looking at that gap um, you know uh, uh, if ayurveda never knew about hormones why, how did it look at it or it never considered it only it said that live a good lifestyle is where your body functioning will be right was that the understanding that ayurveda had uh so when people ask this question uh the best answer to this is by a story so there was a father who was reading mm-hmm. his morning newspaper and uh, his little kid was disturbing him for his attention and he realized he needs to keep his kid uh, engaged so that he can continue reading his news so what he did mm-hmm. he saw a world map in the newspaper he tore it into few pieces and gave it to him and told him go fix this world map and come back so he comes back within few minutes uh, the world map and uh, he was surprised how can a child who is yet to attend a geography class and he can do that mm-hmm. and he said no uh, the kid said uh, it was very simple behind the page of the map there was a face of a man and i just fixed the face of the man and the map was already a uh, mm-hmm. easy uh, by product mm-hmm. so uh, hormones is a very recent i mean looking at the evolution of uh, human beings that we have known and understanding of knowledge it's only a century old concept uh, in modern medicine but it has led to lot of revolutions it has helped us to understand if somebody is deficient with certain hormones how to deal with that but mm-hmm. continuing let's say thyroid is not just a uh, you know thyroidome deficiency problem it is a issue with many other things thyroid is one of the most sensitive organ which is like a very mm-hmm. fragile uh, organ if something goes wrong it mm-hmm. immediately starts showing up yeah. it's a hypersensitive organ and the same with many other parts like insulin it can happen because india is deemed to be the diabetic capital because we add sugar mm. to everything uh, in fact when you go and drink coffee in a south indian restaurant it's more than a coffee it's a sugar syrup that you drink sugar drink yes uh, yeah so uh, in and our body is not designed to consume so much of rich abundant food like uh, how we are consuming today so definitely the hormones are going out of control so uh, what ayurveda says every uh, disease that you see is a classification of overconsumption and malnourishment or you mm-hmm. know you're not having the right nutrition inside your system mm-hmm. so you are taking a lot of heavy food but maybe you are not having the right nutrients also inside so we have to try to balance these two things eliminate the excess food and also eliminate excess toxins from your system and make sure the right nutrients are there in your system so these two once we do that that is like fixing the face of the man and then the map is just there then the, all the hormones just become correct there are results okay. when people eat on time the cholesterol levels become normal when people go to sleep on time their energy levels get better their cortisol yes. levels when they check on the right time it also getting better so uh, hormones uh, there is a book by uh, one of the famous doctor dr claudia welch which i have interviewed in my podcast she has written a book called balance your hormones balance your life but she told actually her whole idea was balance your life and balance your hormones but her okay. editor told don't if you write like this way nobody will buy it you have to write it the other way around <laughs> okay but so balance your hormones you, and your 
uh, once you balance your life your hormones are naturally balanced so your hormones i guess it's the other way around also i mean other way around also it's right like once your hormones are balanced there's so much of a shift going on in your physical and mental and emotional self uh, that automatic i guess a lot of things uh, that mental energy also changes once your hormones get on back onto the track at least that in the true. daily life you know all that frustration all those mood swings and all that stuff automatically balances out your concentration gets better your focus gets better and that's all what is needed to get onto the right path i believe right? that is true that is so true yes yeah great so um uh, dr vignesh my next question would be um we just talked about different phases of life uh, different phases in a woman's life like you know we started mm-hmm. with puberty and, and adulthood and then uh, perimenopause menopause so all these stages that a woman goes through which are the peak years of her life uh, the different energies you just mentioned like uh, you know initially it's kapha then it moves on to pitta and then gradually moves on to the vata uh, form of energy um for a woman if i if we look at it today uh, irrespective of whatever phases a woman uh, goes through like and whatever ayurveda talks about them still uh, i believe most of the women rather i believe all of the women are living a high vata kind of a lifestyle only like in if in if it is your you know puberty though maybe you may be in the kapha phase but you may be living a vata lifestyle or if it mm. is a pitta phase still you may be li- living a vata lifestyle and then mm. gradually as your body is moving on to the vata phase and still you are living a vata lifestyle so if we look at the road map of a women's uh, life from that stage to to the time she reaches here what like you know what what would be your point of view on that like uh, in puberty what one the way she is living how is it impacting her later years because she's she's learned to live a vata kind of a lifestyle and uh second question uh, you know bases these different phases how should a lifestyle for a woman should be ideally mm-hmm. i mean if not vata then how it should be so one of my teacher dr bagoti amal she is a very reputed ayurvedic gynecologist with whom i learned a lot about uh, women's health and ayurveda so what mm-hmm. she used to say uh, when a woman is having a healthy menstrual cycle her menopause will be a breeze but if she is having mm-hmm. a terrible menstrual cycle if she's having pains or if she's suffering with pcos if she's having difficulty with uh, having regular menstrual cycle then it can lead to lot of uh, menopausal issues so the first thing is get comfortable and making sure that if the menstrual cycle is not regular and if it is painful get that right holistically not just mm-hmm. by taking contraceptive pill and then uh, you know expecting that to just so, uh, suppress it under the carpet try to regulate so are we that. trying to uh, are we trying to conclude here that uh, the monthly cycle does not have to be painful i mean we've accepted it that's another story but ideally it should it ideally it, it is not meant to be painful i mean if it is in the right uh, you know if your hormones are balanced and if you're living a good lifestyle so it's like if you say menstrual cycle should be painful it we have accepted it's like you know it's like waste elimination it's like when you breathe out it should be painful or if you go to toilet it should be painful mm-hmm. and if you have accepted it then mm-hmm. this can also be accepted uh, but see mm-hmm. pain is a way the body is communicating what you're doing is not right something needs to be changed mm-hmm. but it will not it's like a little kid the kid is crying we don't know what that kid is crying about but we will try to do many things we try to do dance in front of the kid we try to give him some toys sometimes the kid just need some water sometimes the kid just need some food sometimes the kid just needs to be you know patted on the shoulder something like that right but our ability to understand why the pain is happening that is the duty of a ayurvedic doctor or a vaidya to be addressed not just right. to give something uh, and keeping the kid shut 
that's not the uh, yeah. the purpose here i mean the so, diagnosis and the approach has to be right exactly so uh, the, the pain is definitely a sign that something needs to be changed it is not something that you can make it as a new normal you deal with it and live with it for the rest of the life that's why many uh, as far as most of the pcos patients who come to me they say that uh, even uh, it's already in my default questionnaire are you taking mestalspa like are you taking a uh, you know anti spasmodic oh, okay. ta- tablet Uh, that's how the but the, i guess that's a common is, thing it's, it's exactly. yes a lot of women are very comfortable with that thought that you know okay pain is there and this medicine is is at you know uh, my disposal but that exactly. mindset has to be changed with the thought that why at all the pain should occur exactly and it's very easy once you get the pain you just take it and it it goes off we will deal with it later mm-hmm. you know we just keep and then the yeah. menopause happens and they don't know what to deal with and then menopause becomes a ghost and then menopause becomes a disease Uh, mm-hmm. calling menopause becoming a disease is like you becoming uh, every birthday is a disease for you that's how it is like it's not like that it's just okay. a phase of life like every season after winter we have yeah. spring and then we have summer and then we have different seasons changes will be there and the nature mm-hmm. loves change and and whoever surrenders to that change in the complete alignment they are healthy mm-hmm. and whoever is resisting that change had it and uh, mm-hmm. we cannot fight with nature's energies there maybe to some extent we okay. can suppress it but over time it will just win over us mm-hmm. uh doctor since we're talking about pcod and pcos we have a question coming for somebody uh, asking why are young women being diagnosed with pcos so much like it's it, it's like you know out of two or three or four women one is diagnosed with such condition and again you know this is a this is a kind of a condition that people have by default accepted okay you know it's with everybody so it's okay to have to be with me as well so what do you think is it um, you know is it the lifestyle is it the diet or is it lack of understanding of your own energies how how do you progress through these different phases of life what what, what according to you is at play here see usually pcos is associated with overweight that's what many people think but you will also see who are extremely fit i've seen women who are extremely fit they don't have excess weight they also have pcos so mm-hmm. pcos is about it's a metabolic disorder and in ayurveda metabolic disorder is considered as an impaired agni if you uh, i'm yet to see a pcos patient who is having a proper sleep hygiene most of them okay. will have an erratic sleep hygiene one of them maybe there are few but it could be an exception but majority of the women who comes with the pcos condition they would have an erratic sleeping pattern deal uh, mm-hmm. emotional stress is terrible they don't know how to handle that and because of mm-hmm. that unhealthy eating patterns could be there and then emotional because of eating. that yeah emotional eating could be there it could be also lead to alcohol and mm-hmm. and on top of that Uh, they just don't care about their health right now because everything is going well because they are young the body is able to handle whatever abuse yeah. that they are doing on themselves i guess that's themselves. one of the biggest yeah. things because until you reach your late 30s you don't realize what you've done in the past so exactly yeah. and then suddenly they become health conscious then sometimes they go to a gynecologist and take a, a contraceptive pill and that keeps them going for some time without worrying about it sometimes you know uh, in uh, rural parts when i go for practice there in india mm-hmm. majority of the women coming with pcos is coming because their mother in law wants them to have kids that's when they realize they are having pcos they go and test with a okay. uh, gynecologist and they realize that so fertility needs are actually what is making them they first of all that is making them understand in if mm-hmm. you go to 
cosmopolitan cities or metropolitan cities there women understand they have pcos for cosmetic reason they realize that they are having too much of hair growth then realize oh my god yeah uh, then they go to a cosmetic it's showing on person. the body all exactly. over exactly so what can i do should i shave should i do some uh, laser uh, how can i stop mm-hmm. this and then they tell okay maybe you have pcos you need to deal with that so that is how different job very interesting uh, i guess you've just picked it right i'll just give you a, a, you know a, a past story like i was in bangalore like after my wedding for 3 years and i travel a lot of acne in my jaw area specifically mm-hmm. just in the jaw area and i just visited one of the dermatologists at that time uh, he just looked at me and even before i could mention you know what are my concerns he asked me did are you here for your acne concerns i said yes so he he told me you don't need to be here you please go and check if you if you have fibroids or pcod or any such kind of a condition because exactly. uh, that typical acne in this part of your face will happen when there are any kind of uh, you know uh, such uh, pcod pcos or hormonal hormonal related issues i got and so from there a dermatologist told me that i had that kind of a condition at that time so it's really amazing how it manifests on you know on your body all over exactly i mean if something is wrong with the leaf or a fruit you don't go and fix the leaves or the root you go to the uh, you don't fix a leaf or the fruit you go to the root of the tree you have to make sure the root is corrected only when the root is corrected everything else gets uh, good right so that exactly. is where ayurveda is coming and uh, helping them great so uh, doctor uh, since you know i really want to talk a little more about vata here and getting a little deeper into into that concept so uh, you know vata is again has these subtypes like you know different kinds of pranas working in the body and uh, for the women's uh, reproductive health or feminine health it's the downward prana i might be wrong there i'm just asking a question you know you are the best uh, person to guide us on that but this downward prana is responsible for uh, the flow the menstrual cycle and the, the reproductive health what causes uh, you know uh, for this specific prana what are the daily uh, dietary and lifestyle disasters a woman may be doing because of which this prana may be getting impacted causing all these problems if at all that question makes sense okay yes uh, thank you for you asking the right questions which definitely needed the answers which many women are trying to find out so uh, mm-hmm. the five among the five subsets of vata there is prana vata apana vyana uh, udana so among these there is a, uh, a subset called as apana vayu apana vayu mm-hmm. is the uh, vata that is responsible for the downward movement i mean it is because of this vata we are going to toilet we are ur- able to urinate woman is able to deliver the peristaltic movement is happening because of that the menstrual cycle mm-hmm. that is downward flow the downward energy of the body to eliminate expel is because of apana vayu now when somebody is having constipation uh, doctor is it is it also an understanding like i'm i'm asking this for a general understanding of the audience who's listening to this uh, in the i and that's my own interpretation i might be wrong there but is this energy felt in the form of the cramps it's it's like you know something coming downwards uh, that yes. kind of an energy you feel when the cramps happen so is that apana energy at its peak working in there so when apana gets blocked the symptoms would be like constipation is one painful menstruation will be one irregular menstruation mm-hmm. could be one uh, endometriosis falls under that category uh, mm-hmm. and cramps uh, before menstrual cycle or even difficulty to eliminate uh, that can also be a part of apana vayu so your question okay. what are causing this apana imbalance 
today uh, okay again my teacher dr bhagwati amal she is a fantastic gifted healer especially with women's health with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome endometriosis and fertility conditions so she would say the every child we train them to imbalance the apana by putting a diaper on the kids because uh, we are not designed to wear the diapers for a very long period like how we are putting them because when you right. keep on constantly putting the diaper and that could have a lot of chemicals it is creating a lot of heat there so it is actually creating a block so mm-hmm. if you watch some movies uh, you know when somebody is about to ride a car somebody goes and keeps a tennis ball in the exhaust pipe and suddenly the car cannot be started mm-hmm. so that is like the apana of that car is blocked just to understand okay. so okay. same way when you wear diapers when you wear something very tight there in that part it is creating tight an clothing. energy block yeah tight clothing all okay. of this creates an energy block there i guess this is also one important po- point for all the women listening here and i i guess including me as well like you know mm-hmm. uh, wearing all those tight stuff and uh, you know um, and specifically uh, yogic wear and all that i don't know i mean you know a lot of women are getting into that fancy yogic stuff and all that but i guess the more cottony and the more flowy stuff you wear while in your yoga practice or any movement practice i guess that's where you let the flow of prana be as free as possible exactly our skin needs to also breathe you know that's also very important yeah so if you are suffering with any of these irregular menstrual cycle endometriosis constipation uh, or painful menstruation then wearing something super tight in that abdominal region or genital region it could make it worse because of the heat that is generated there okay that is one and it is creating a block so it it need not be a comfortable feeling so that is one Mm-hmm. and sometimes if uh, if a woman is wearing that during the menstrual cycle it's going to add on to it it's not the comfortable thing also so uh, and then we are not designed to sit for a very long period so sitting is also creating a apana imbalance yeah. because when we sit the energy is also blocked there movement so, is blocked there. yeah exactly so walking mm-hmm. uh, one of the best ways to activate the apana in yoga you have this uh, asana called as malasana or squat you know when you squat it is yeah. actually activating yeah. it Mm-hmm. so these are some uh, methods probably is is that one of the reasons if i then i again you know i'm just trying to relate uh, to the things like in our ancestors all these conditions like pcod pcos was hardly ever heard of and they had so many kids and it was all normal like you know uh, it was like a normal process of life um our way of life is is you know it's even for one kid it's very difficult for a woman to live through this entire you know phase was it because during that time uh, specifically the way indian toilets and the western toilet concept came in the you know your sitting position got changed and there was some kind of stagnation in the pelvic area do you think that could be one of the reasons why such conditions like pcod pcos are also on arise uh, for sure uh, you know they do have a huge impact uh, our sitting posture and our current lifestyle our current posture of the spine does have an impact i mean let's not look at our ancestors you go to a, a slum area or a township you will see people uh, yeah. having lots of kids how are they and you look at them how they are cooking they all squat and cook and eat so and they have like two three kids on both the arms and uh, how is that possible because uh, they don't have issues of fertility they have issues of maybe some yeah. infectious diseases or other uh, things and very interestingly uh, doctor I, i think i i can add on here like um, 
recently i visited a very remote hilly area and the women like uh, 60 70 year old women were sitting in the squatting position as as a as a resting uh, you know phase because mm. they have to travel so much high on the mountain so as ju- just resting they sit in that position so one of that old lady i guess she must be in her 70s or something i asked her like how are you able to sit in this position considering your age and your knees knee pain and everything and she told me like she was and th- what they uh, what they do is they they grow all these apple orchards on the steep um, uh, you know uh, slope of the mountain at that mm-hmm. age and unless you have that grip and strength in your legs you cannot get onto that slope it's it's very risky there and they do mm-hmm. that very comfortably and uh, i guess probably this could be one of the reasons because uh, what i realized was as soon as they get tired because they have to move so much they get into a squatting position take some rest start back again so you know that squatting is a very common thing in their daily lifestyle on a regular basis definitely yes squat really makes a huge impact great and doctor before we move further we have a question on uh, on this apana uh, you know energy uh, anjali is asking does kumbhaka and bandhas also heal apana energy uh so i am not the best person to answer that uh, as far as i know with bandhas you know you're holding that energy for some time in some conditions it helps to strengthen the ano uh, rectus sphincter that is one thing that happens when we when somebody does a bandhas along with kumbhaka so mm-hmm. it is a strengthening therapy uh, but if it heals all the apana apana could have many issues but if somebody is having a uh, you know the strength is not good in that muscle region this kumbhaka and with bandhas will definitely help to strengthen that muscle region that is one thing okay so if and the also, muscle has that strength the energy will automatically flow freely right yeah because uh, if you are able to squat means you need to have muscle strength if somebody is not able to do right. a squat means their muscles are weak right and uh, there was a study done um, in fr- you know french toilets are similar to the indian toilets you have to squat mm-hmm. not now uh, mm-hmm. in the, before the 19th and 18th century it was uh, okay. you need to squat to poop so they were saying uh, whoever were using those toilets they never had hemorrhoid issues but it's only in the uh, western toilet where you have to sit and poop they had the uh, issue of hemorrhoids okay so that's proven in research yeah that's a proven in research wow and i guess uh, if again if we look at ayurveda ayurveda says constipation is the root of a lot of health concerns and uh, uh, constipation can lead to bloating constipation can lead to headache constipation can lead to migraine constipation can lead to low energy your diet so it, in, a lot of that can happen so it becomes an indirect uh, medium of creating a lot of imbalances in the body yes definitely because be once one the, the exactly once the body is waste elimination thing. definitely so posture needs to be corrected muscles need to be strengthened and these are you know we have to go back to our ancestral way of we have to integrate that kind of living to our modern lifestyle that's exactly. the way uh, we can uh, overcome these metabolic disorders that we are facing today exactly and i guess in one of the one of your podcasts only uh, i i heard you saying that a lot of people uh, leftover patients consider ayurveda mm. as 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 their respite i guess it's the first line of action that everybody should be considering considering it starts from those daily practices that we choose to do on a regular basis right and ayurveda exactly this slowly shifting that's the way it is going yeah right and you know thanks to people like you who are actually making an effort to make it reach a common man and understand because um, until i started getting a little deeper into ayurveda all i knew was herbs medicines 
as far as my uh, understanding in my studies uh, modern way of looking at things go uh, milk and dairy is something that as a part of my studies i have learned that uh, dairy is one of the probable causes for a lot of stagnation in the body because of lack of absorption mm-hmm. so um, these are two contradictory understandings what's your take on that so ayurveda is a very pro life science it talks about everything that is going to help enhance your quality of life so mm-hmm. if somebody is suffering with malnourishment or uh, undernourishment and if their agni is good milk is considered as a elixir that will help them to get better for example mm-hmm. if a kid is born if the mother died one of the best way to keep the child survive is cow's milk so cow's milk mm-hmm. had such a powerful uh, association as a life saver but today when you have a today most of them we are taking milk more for a gastronomic reason than for if our body really needs it and if we can really digest it and uh, if you are suffering with diseases of overconsumption if you are having too much of mucus related issues fibroids allergies then milk could uh, make it worse so which means the kind of lifestyle that we are leading today um, is uh makes us prone to all these conditions that you just mentioned and that's the reason uh, we should be cutting down for the healing purpose to a, to a certain level till the time you know you are able to bring your system to a level where these you, you can start taking it in so it's like an elimination approach kind of a thing yes see milk is lactose and lactose is a very heavy sugar mm-hmm. and uh, if you see cows don't drink milk we only steal milk from cows yeah but uh, cows at the same time yeah, yeah uh, but milk is uh, you know it is very nourishing no doubt with that it is fantastic but our the kind of lifestyle that we are living today which is more of a thinking work than a physical work so in mm-hmm. such a situation consumption of milk is actually not helping us it is only creating more mucus load in our body exactly So I can just people... add on to it here, if that yes. makes sense. Actually, as yes. a part of one of my uh, yoga studies, I was just reading some this somewhere. Uh, in ancient times, like specifically in uh, in yogic tradition, how the concept of dairy and milk uh, came into practice. So these uh, saints used to do a lot of sadhana, and it so sadhana was like something where they had to, uh, from the energetic perspective, it was too much of a heat being generated. Where from your muladhara chakra, you were you know working on bringing your energy upwards. so which was also a process of too much of heat generation in the body to cool down the system is where the milk was coming to practice in the yogic tradition uh, and mm-hmm. that's how it became a tradition in that practice i don't know if it is how true it is but i was just reading it uh, somewhere in one of the mm-hmm. books oh, there is a way you know these yogic people they had such powerful agnis uh, so they are able to process and digest they it. could digest so, it yes yes so ultimately it boils down to digestion then you know it exactly. it's not what weak. you eat it's how you digest so digest exactly if your right. digestion is weak so, even if you eat the most healthiest food it could turn out to be a poison exactly so doctor uh, last few questions that i have um, from a practical daily life standpoint 
you know what are some common symptoms that women goes through which are which which indicate that she's high on vata like is it emotional concerns or mood swings or from the physical perspective is it aches and pains in the body or what are the common symptoms that a women can relate to you know which which may indicate that you know she's high on vata and what is the antidote there like what should she be doing in that case she could have anxiety she could have hair loss she could have dry skin acne Uh, menstrual cycle issues painful menstruation pain in the body pain in the neck pain and then uh, emotional eating exactly these of- were some of the symptoms that i realized when i realized okay it's you know it's, it seems like something some relation with vata so yeah so these are the things that comes with uh, high imbalanced vata so the most powerful antidote for uh, high vata is routine in life because uh, vata is very uh, it is very ruthless when you are unstructured when you are unstructured means when you have erratic sleeping pattern when you eat on different time when you don't have a proper uh, eating high uh, schedule then vata will torture that person quite strongly but once you start having a good routine then the vata is very friendly with you it loves to, to nourish you it loves to control you so that routine is very powerful there and then second so is it the is, concept of uh, ayurveda dinacharya that we are talking of here yeah exactly so dinacharya is a way of balancing vata and making sure we don't have excess kapha and making sure our pitta is balanced all the time balanced. so that's okay. the concept of dinacharya so this is one the other one is doing therapies like nasyam nasyam is a oleation that we put in the oil today i just released a Nasim podcast on nasyam uh, which ever oh, i okay. talk about it is a most underrated therapy in current covid situation Uh, because we all yeah. are taking swabs to understand what is there but it's like we all we all invest a lot of money lot of infrastructure to avoid some dirts to enter our home but nobody is talking mm. about cleaning the doorsteps of the home so uh, this is where it could so every day doing nasim is very powerful or oleation is very powerful having a you know time so doctor for nasim to, like what is what is the kind of oil that one should be using for nasim and specifically it, considering the weather also Uh, in in ayurveda we have this oil called as anutailam which is fantastic and if you are having a strong okay. mucus load then oils like shad bindu tailam can also be used sometimes salt water saline nasal drops are also powerful there okay okay and somebody who's who already has a stuffed nose or a lot of mucus can also do this yes definitely and how would it be possible like any... you know see it's very simple you pour it in the nose and then you inhale it and spit out the excess mucus okay okay like let, let it go in okay 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 and that that clears the entire passage yes exactly see nice where does vata create problem wherever there is a block and what creates a block it's the excess mucus in our body that is creating the block so hmm. uh, our life cell should be in such a way that we don't get these blocks so the moment the block is there vata will co- come and is- make an issue and it will create a rampage and the pain will be felt right and that that quite a lot makes sense i guess and mm-hmm. it's it's like a, a erratic kind of a pain sometimes somewhere sometimes exactly. somewhere and you don't know why is it happening okay great so okay so doctor i think uh, my, my next question is in continuation with what we're talking of right now like um, we've just talked about what are the physical mental and emotional traits of a vata woman and you just told us like you know what what is the antidote it's dinacharya and um, uh, whatever like so this is from the physicality but uh, from a mental and emotional perspective i guess vata 
if not taken control of for a very long time if you keep living your way of life and whatat keep taking control ultimately it may culminate into some kind of emotional issues for you and you may end up looking up for solutions in medication and all that so mm. the same uh, antidote that you talked about for vata control for the body works for the mind as well or there are some extra practices that can really help to uh, to deal with the emotional issues which are high vata driven so de- definitely if you have a routine in life you're mentally also going to be calm so uh, when you don't have a, a routine then definitely your mental uh, you're going to constantly deal with uncertainty so that's also creates that but i guess a lot of why i'm asking this question is uh, that has been my personal experience also plus a lot of uh, people that i look in my practice uh you know have because they never had a routine ever they cannot actually relate to this concept only that how powerful a routine can be in making sure that their physical and emotional health is in place mm-hmm. uh, see at one point of time we didn't have to put an effort for routine because routine was naturally a part of our environment we never yeah. uh, just two decades before we didn't have to get up with the whatsapp messages it's only a right. decade old uh, syndrome that we are facing we used to get up and there is nothing else to uh, you know waste your time you get up and you get moving and maybe there are televisions in your home uh, that, that's a different thing and uh, we were born to go out in the sun we were we were gone go out and be in the field that is how we were designed but today we can sit inside be right now we are on a, a screen looking at a flat uh, electronic screen and you know right. uh, connecting with the whole world and that's not the way we are designed to so all the more we have to consciously bring in routine than any other time in the history of humanity today exactly no uh, very well put i guess we, uh, towards the end of the session we are just coming on to a conclusion that the healing will start with that self discipline and that routine and those simple changes in your way of life i mean these are so 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 powerful whether it is any kind of health concern or specific women related concerns everything a lot of it is to do with the way we are living every single day for ourselves exactly yeah uh, okay doctor i think i am done with my questions uh, i think i'll open the platform for another 5 minutes for for if there are any questions from the audience let me just check if you have any questions Okay yeah there's there's a question what is an alternate oil that can be used if i don't have access to ayurvedic oils for for nasya mai sesame oil is good ghee, plain ghee is also good salt water and is the, also good and these have to be little warm while using or room temperature look warm look warm okay. look warm okay. okay but don't heat it up it's not healthy to take it a hot one but look warm will be very okay. good okay uh okay so i'll just wait for another 2 3 minutes for people if they have any questions in the meantime doctor you know i'll, I'll uh, over to you as an ending note if you would want to add on anything for women's health specifically post 30s because i guess we need a lot more awareness post 30s how important it is to take care of yourself you're no more in your 20s and your hormones are not supporting you the way they were in the earlier years so anything that you would want to add on to see if something is going wrong don't look for a immediate quick fix chemical pill always look for the holistic way of dealing with it and go for a chemical quick fix when everything goes out of control when there is a real emergency otherwise always mm-hmm. try to solve it in a holistic manner and that way you are mm-hmm. saving a lot of your uh, you know unwanted time going through the chemical pill and then dealing with the side effects and then dealing with other issues so looking at all of that it's best to um, go holistic way and then you can take it from from there 
Right. And I guess there is a question. I have hair thinning and hair loss. I have a vata body. Please suggest what to do. First, take I guess your this blood. is a common problem for a lot of women. Yeah, check your blood. Check your ferritin levels. Hemoglobin levels are low. Correct that. Then bring routine. Go to sleep on time. Manage your stress in a very efficient manner. And then uh, use oil application on your hair. There is an oil called Narasimham oil. It's a very powerful oil. And uh, mm-hmm. oil application on the hair, it's not that it's going to stop, uh, solve it immediately. It's just a uh, short uh, supporting factor. Short term solution. Yeah, so supporting factor. And then uh, give it some time. And usually what happens, they could have hair loss because of anxiety. And when they see the hair loss, the anxiety gets even worse. So it's again like a rat race. So they have to stop it somewhere by taking yeah. more care and dealing with that. But it's not like right. they will get, get bald or something. They just need to... Uh, get back on to right, right. right. Yeah. right. Okay, I guess one last question that we have is kindly suggest some books about women's health. Uh, I guess, uh, doctor, you can talk about your programs and what you do, I guess. I mean, I don't think we need books here because we have been holding the cyclopedia sitting in front of us. So uh, you can talk about the programs and what you offer because I saw you offer some uh, program which is about all about Vata. So you could check in my Instagram link. I did a course called Balancing the Mighty Vata that is available. Uh, and I'm doing a mastermind program where I am training um, like medical doctors, um, Ayurvedic practitioners, integrative nutritionists, how to integrate Ayurveda into their practice so they can bring the healing element of Ayurveda in a next level for their patients. So that's the program about Okay. So is this for the practitioners? This is for those anybody. This is no. This is not for anyone. This is for already like if you are a holistic healer or a a nutritionist or a medical doctor or a Ayurvedic practitioner. Okay. Or if you are wanting to be an Ayurvedic practitioner, that's the idea. Okay. Okay. And about your consultations, I guess um, uh, I I, you take some consultations also online and. uh, Yeah, yeah. You can check the check the details in my link, and you will be able to find that. Okay, um, maybe you could just help me know your website. It's drvignesh.com or what? You know, vigneshdevraj.com. In my profile, you will see it in the link tree. You will find it. Sure. Great. So I guess uh, we are done. Uh, some So one last question. I think we can take somebody's asking, how can how can you correct ferritin and hemoglobin? So you just mentioned about hair loss, right? Uh, one is, uh, you know, first check the, uh, you need to check the uh, vitamin C levels. Uh, in Ayurveda, we have this tablets called uh, Chandra Prapavati. Taking those will help. Taking um, uh, vegetables like beetroot, pomegranate, fruits like pomegranate, all of this can also um, help to enhance the ferritin and hemoglobin levels. Great. So, yeah, I guess we are done with the questions. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Vignesh. It was really an eye-opening session for a lot of things and specifically on the women's health because I guess we need a lot of information there. Uh, you know, being specifically post-30s is what I realized in my practice also. I mean, post-50, everybody knows. Menopause, everybody knows. But what happens before menopause, mm-hmm. so much of a suffering and women just keep taking it because they just don't understand what is this going on. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for creating all that awareness with us. Um, and uh, thank you, yeah, so I mean, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Vignesh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.